It's Wednesday, September 21st, and you're watching the College Football Daily. Clemson and Wake Forest battle this week and arguably the game of the week across the country. Both teams vying for an ACC championship. Wake Forest making the championship game a year ago, not quite being able to win it. Clemson, of course, missing out on the party for the first time in the seems like two centuries. Clemson, the mainstay in the ACC. The Tigers now trying to fight back and get to not only the ACC championship, but back to the college football playoff. Wake Forest, though, one of those big opponents standing in the way. So we turn to Les Johns, publisher of our Wake Forest 24-7 sports site, in addition to Eric McLean, former Clemson team captain, and at one point the winningest Clemson Tiger, I believe, when he exited uh, his career there. Now with the ACC Network and ESPN. Gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for joining us to discuss this game. So Clemson has not lost to Wake Forest in the last 13 tries. Eric, I, I mean, you went from a tight end to an offensive tackle, and, and before that, maybe you were just uh, in preschool, so to speak, back then. But it seems that long. What has allowed Clemson to stay on top of Wake Forest this entire time and really not be all that close other than one game being in single digits? Yeah, I think really when, when you look at what Coach Clawson and, and that staff have been doing offensively, that, I mean, it's brilliant. And, and the explosion and the big playability, the the long mesh point that you know, really just allows those linebackers to kind of get tricked at times to scream down. And then, you know, Sam Hartman and company, whoever else, that long lineage of, of great quarterback play, just zip it right over their head, right? And and big plays happen. Uh, the, the thing that's a little bit different with Clemson is that defensive line has just been so good, you know, in this tenure those 13 years I mean there's been some monsters you know in that middle that some of them still playing in the NFL a lot of them quite frankly and and those guys have just been able to get a ton of pressure uh, a lot of penetration up front and and that just causes things to you know timing to get messed up you you think you have more time than you do you can't establish the run uh, and and then maybe you get down quickly and, and you feel like you have to force the ball into a lot of different situations so for me every time that that this game has been lopsided it starts up front with that defensive line and those guys being able to get a bunch of pressure for Wake Forest. Last, what what makes maybe this year a, a little bit different in, in this matchup? Well, there's a couple things I think make it different. One is is the experience last year that Wake Forest had at Death Valley, where that first quarter went really sideways for the Deeks, but then they actually did find some rhythm in the second and third quarters, and it was really just a couple of missed time turnovers that kind of made that game non-competitive at the end for the Deeks. But I think they found some things, and when they got going in the rhythm, they actually moved the ball, scored 27 points against Clemson, had one of the best offensive productions against the Tigers anybody's had all season. And it wasn't necessarily just like garbage time uh, touchdowns either. They actually moved the ball had rhythm, played, and and did some really good things on offense. The other thing, too, is I think that they had their pride broken a little bit last week against Liberty. I think for the first time, maybe in Coach Clawson's tenure, a team of his showed up thinking they could just show up and win a football game, and they got kind of punched in the mouth by Liberty's defensive line. And I think that's going to bring a renewed sense of focus this week to practice that they maybe didn't have last week. This is such a fascinating aspect. The fascinating aspect of this to me is Looking at DJ Uyangalale, who has faced so much criticism this offseason, has handled it beautifully, and has been so impressive in doing so, and has gone on the field, has a fantastic touchdown-to-interception ratio. And then on the other end, you've got Sam Hartman, who 
is second nationally behind only Bryce Young and touchdowns responsible for since the start of the 2021 season. And of course, Sam missed the season opener with an undisclosed medical condition. So Hartman's back. Is Hartman back up to full speed from what we've seen so far less than these, these last two games? And then I'll turn to you, Eric, about DJ Uyunglele to see what, if anything, you've noticed that's different with him since last season. So first, we'll go to you, Les. I think it's fair to, to ask the question still if Sam Hartman is the old Sam Hartman yet because, you know, the game in, in, in Vanderbilt, he won ACC quarterback of the week, threw for 300 yards and four touchdowns, but started a little slow and played in like a steady rain throughout. So I don't really know if we got the full – and plus, once again, it's Vandy, you know, who's an improving program, but they aren't necessarily established yet. And then last week against a VMI, there's like 26 for 44, 325 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. He missed quite a few targets in that game. And, and everybody would say that he had an off game. You know, he graded himself a D uh, when I asked him how he would grade his performance. Of course, he's always going to be his most harsh critic, you know. I feel like he started throwing with the team and started throwing with his guys before he was completely cleared. I believe that timing is back, but I don't know that we've seen it yet fully in a game. So I think it is a fair question to ask if he's all the way back yet. Yeah, and I mean, he's he's such a special talent. I mean, when, when you see him you know, on that football field, it's just different. The offense is different. Everybody's excited. There's a different energy around the team and the things that he can do you know, with his arm, especially in the red zone. I mean, he, he, you know, it's funny. I was talking with EJ Manuel about him over the summer and we're, we're not saying he is, but he reminds him of the way that Aaron Rodgers can manipulate the red zone, the way that he extends plays, the ways that he can use his eyes to move a defense and really get guys in the right position. And, and I think we've seen that, you know, for two or three years now and, and the experience that he has, the decisions that he can make and the gunslinger that he is. When I look at DJ, man, I'm just proud, impressed. I mean, because this guy faced so much adversity, faced so much criticism, and, and I was a part of that. I'm just telling you what I see on the on the football field there. And he, he's made so many improvements with his mobility, with you know not being afraid to just take off and run. You know, a year ago, he would just sit there. He would sit back there, try to make things happen, just building snowballs, packing that ball, and then gets you know cracked. And and so this year, we've seen him. Okay, if if nothing's there, I'm going to move. I'm going to manipulate the pocket. I'm going to extend this play. I'm going to try to find a guy downfield. He's shown touch on the ball. He's shown anticipation. And and I think the last kind of piece is, and this is crazy to sit here and say for a Clemson team that has produced unbelievable wide receivers, those guys have to step up. I mean, they are not helping him at all when it comes to these 50-50 balls. I saw a young man tweet out this kind of like a shot chart, if you will, of DJ's passes and, you know, so many deep balls that were either dropped or, or just a little miscue that in years past, I mean, we see guys like Mike Williams, Sammy Watkins, Duke Hopkins come down with those and make those plays. And so just really, you know, to challenge his brothers and his guys to say, hey, you know, help me out. I'm going to get you the ball. Help me out here. And we're seeing the emergence of that with Antonio Williams, uh, with Bo Collins. And I think we're going to see even more with Adam Randall, the very talented freshman who's back. Yeah, I saw that season opener in person and 
I, I was I was almost flabbergasted by how little separation the receivers were getting right. at times. Right. And then, of course, there were several draw passes in that game as well. It's just I'm not accustomed to seeing that from Clemson. And I think a lot of people just don't talk about that that very much when they're trying to break down G- DJ. Right. You know what? was interesting. I think that there was so much historical there about great quarterback play, great wide receiver play. So when you see the miscues, you're like, OK, of course, it's, it's the quarterback. You know, all last year, I bet if we go back and really evaluate that, we'd see so much of where guys just are not helping him out. And maybe it wasn't as bad as, as really we thought or as a singular, you know, on DJ as, as we all thought. Much more with Eric and Les on Clemson Wake Forest after this. So this Clemson defensive front, I mean, it, it's it's amazing, and and it seems like every week that someone else can step up here. I mean, week one, I was so impressed with KJ Henry. Right. So Clemson defensive front against that, as we said, kind of that slow mesh that offense of Wake Forest. How do we see that kind of matching up? And is that trouble for Wake or is that trouble for Clemson? How does that really work? You think X's and O's wise, guys? Yeah, it, it's um, it's something that I think you know. It was just brought up that those guys have to have a new like sense of urgency on the offensive line because if Liberty was doing that to you, Clemson is going to do it times ten. Like those guys, I mean, it, we're talking about top ten draft picks across from you. You know, not not some guys that you know transferred and are at Liberty. So you know, for me, that those guys have to have a, a sense of pride, have to have a sense of responsibility, and stay low and move the ball. Like that, that's the biggest thing. I mean, twenty six rushes, twenty one yards. That, that's, that's embarrassing as an offensive lineman for myself I mean I'm thinking back when I'm playing what the heck are we doing and so looking at that those guys have to have so much emphasis on firstly protecting Sam but secondly being able to keep those feet moving open some holes and, and let's get it going the the thing that we see from Clemson year in and year out though is they, they just they don't fall for that they blow it up they see that long mesh they're going to tackle the running back and the quarterback and, and so the key for the for I think Wake Forest man is get the ball out quick what has hurt Clemson this season quick passes and screen game get those big nasties to scream up field go right behind their head uh there, there's a couple of injuries on that Clemson defensive backfield let's test them you have one of the best receiving cores in the country let's see let's see what those guys can do and A.T. Perry and Taylor Moran uh, and of course my man Donovan Green so excited that he's back so I- I'm going to be very intrigued to see does Wake Forest do their same old thing that we've seen time and time again by Clemson get blown up or is there a new wrinkle where they're getting the ball out quick, they're getting the ball into their playmaker's hands? Yeah, I would be surprised if there's not a new wrinkle of some sort, Eric. I think you hit upon a lot of really good points there. And Coach Clawson in the post game uh, Saturday night talked about when teams are defending Wake the way that Liberty was, that they have one play that they've got to hit, and if they don't hit it, then there, there's going to be trouble. And I believe that is those quick out passes to the receivers. And Wake has a, has a stable. They've got like five guys they really count on. You hit upon three of them, but there's also Jamal Banks yeah. and Keyshawn Williams who had a big game last Saturday against Liberty. So they have uh, potentially the best wide receiver group in the country. Well, at least in the ACC, one of the top ones in the country. And it's going to be a point where they're just going to have to win some jump balls against what could be potentially a depleted Clemson secondary. I think that's probably the key matchup mm-hmm. aside from the Wake Forest offensive line versus the, the Clemson defensive line, of yeah. course. Give Hartman a little bit of time, but then if Wake can win some matchups on the perimeter, they can keep this thing uh, interesting down the stretch. Les, what do you think about that that Wake defense? Because against two FBS opponents, they've allowed 30, 30 and a half points on average here. How do they slow down Clemson? Clemson and Wake, for that matter, have both been kind of slow starting teams. We haven't quite seen them at full speed. 
can, can Wake slow down Clemson? Well, there, there's a couple things to that, Brandon. One is is that because Wake plays with such pace offensively, they're by nature typically going to give up a few more yards and a few more s- scores just because the other team's going to have more possessions than they're going to have against an average team. One thing I looked at last night is Wake is seventh in the nation right now on getting off the field on third down. At like uh, They're only allowing 20% conversions, 10 of 28, no, 10 of 48 so far. And I looked, I just like, okay, that's against Vanderbilt, you know, VMI and 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 Liberty. You know, what does that really mean? So I went back and looked at last year's non-conference games and the first three non-conference games, they allowed 46% third down conversion rate. So I think we're seeing a, a defense that's showing signs of improvement. And as I've consistently said, if Wake Forest can move from the bottom third of the rankings defensively to just become mediocre, when you add in this offense, right. it's going to be a really dangerous team. And I think they're on the verge of doing that. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I think one thing that they're really good at too is they can force some turnovers, man. They get yes. that football. They, they they knock it out. They intercept it. Very active. I believe we're fifth in the country a year ago. We're you know one in the country for a long time. And, and that trend is continuing. I mean, four forced turnovers against Liberty, you know, last week. That'll be something that's interesting if they're pressuring those receivers and, and they're forcing you know, those tight window throws. You know, can they come down with a couple of those balls? Because as you said, those extra possessions for this offense can be very dangerous. So 13, 13, 14 years since Clemson has lost to Wake Forest. Only one game has been decided by single digits. The, the average margin of victory is substantial. So, like, a lot of people just go, well, this game's not going to be close. So, but it does feel like this is a little bit different and that there's a window here, less for Wake to potentially knock off and upset Clemson. And, of course, that would upset the apple cart, so to speak, across the country. What does Wake do, have to do, I should say, to beat Clemson and can they do it Saturday? Well, I think we've we've touched on most of the things they have to do. They have to win outside one-on-one matchups. They have to give Sam Hartman at least enough time for a quick a quick drop back, right? They have to adjust when things get blown up early and not and not let things get out of hand. And they probably need to force a couple of Clemson turnovers and capitalize on it. And they need to finish in the red zone. Last week, even though they had that close encounter with Liberty, if they had cashed in with touchdowns instead of field goals and two to th- first three red zone opportunities, yeah. that game probably never really gets closed. Right. They they didn't execute in the red zone, had some costly penalties. They need to avoid shooting themselves in the foot, and they can come away with a historic win Saturday. Eric, do you think this game's close? What do you think ends up happening? Yeah, I, I think it's close if we you know do the things that we just spoke about with protecting Sam, get those wide receivers involved, man. They're just they're too good not to get that opportunity to not have those touches but as history repeats itself man that defensive line is I mean they're going to be confident I mean look at the last three years a very similar defensive line they're gonna be like well this is the same team we're gonna go out there and you know exert our will and and what you really saw from Liberty you know that first series they did a lot of the blitzes Clemson I bet they turned on the Clemson tape and said how can we try to replicate this and so you know for me man it's all up front given that guy time and Sam Hartman who is deadly with the football but 
I, I expect Clemson's defense to really step up. You know, there's been a lot of chatter about those guys these last couple of weeks and, you know, giving up points and a bunch of yardage. I think they want to make a statement. And uh, we, we actually spoke with KJ Henry yesterday on the podcast here, Ramlick and McLean. And he said, look, I can't wait to go home, you know, because the last time I was there was COVID. Nobody could go. I'm going to have 30, 40 people there. And, uh, you know, for him to, to, you know, be one of the leaders on that defensive line, I think he's going to really inspire those guys and, you know, really get going. KJ Henry was so impressed of that opener it just seemed like he was a <laughs> mirage appearing in front of the quarterback whenever they needed him and, and it's amazing to watch kind of his development now late in his career guys thank you so much for joining us here on the college football daily again make sure to like and subscribe here on youtube but also find us anywhere you can find audio podcasts for our producer lance glenn i'm brendan marcello this has been the college football daily we'll see you down the road